Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Alternative Podcast. We today have a special guest with us, another fellow YouTuber. Uh, I will leave his name, description, channel link, everything in the uh, description below. Uh, but I'd just like to welcome you all to Carl. He runs the the, the, the Debate Me channel. Um, Carl is currently going through a problem around the eviction crisis, which he's going to go into right away. Uh, Carl, what's going on now with the eviction crisis and how's it affecting you exactly? So, the short story is that basically during the COVID situation, um, our government in an attempt to, well, this is, this is the message, this is what they claim, in an attempt to keep people off the street to address homelessness because of people that were losing their jobs and things like that. They came up with this eviction moratorium, which basically kind of made it, um, I guess it kind of banned evictions. Yeah, evictions were basically banned to some degree for some time. Um, and otherwise they were made very, very difficult. But as a result of that, what's happened is you have people like me who are just, I'm just a normal guy, I'm not a billionaire, right? Um, I actually have to work for a living and I'm under the small landlord umbrella and I just recently purchased a home and I have two of my tenants that are not paying. They haven't paid me rent in six months and these types of policies are allowing them to do that. So basically I've purchased a home, beautiful home, great, great, great part of town. And I essentially have two squatters living in my house who are living, you know, well, because they don't, they're not working. They're living in a nice house. They got a nice view. Um, but meanwhile, I'm living as a squatter. I'm, and we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into that. But, but essentially I have this house with this massive mortgage. The idea of a multifamily is just basically, it's a business, right? You are, going to purchase a house that is larger than you need and basically share parts of the house with other people through the mechanism of renting, right? Um, but just like any business model, you have expenses, <laughs> right? And you're supposed to make a certain amount of revenue first to cover your expenses and then hopefully make an additional profit. But instead, I'm, it's all liability, right? So I'm maintaining this house, paying this crazy mortgage, um, and not being compensated for it and there's really nothing that i can do and it's and the situation is actually even even worse than that because i have one of one of these people who is wreaking havoc for the entire building and for the entire block and the city and we're all like subservient to this guy so what i mean is he's home all day doesn't go to work and he is being a nuisance to everyone. Like there's trash all on his deck. He doesn't take out the trash when the trash day comes. So he allows the trash to pile up. So this is stuff that brings like rodents and stuff like that. You have another tenant that's living there that's working hard every day and paying his rent and has to come home and look at trash because this guy has left trash all over the place. This guy is also... He always like he's smoking in his apartment and things like that. So basically, there's all these odors 
that are permeating the entire building. You go all the way to the top floor and you're smelling stuff that's coming from this one unit. So the entire building is, is inhaling whatever it is that he's smoking. They're looking at his trash, right? Um, sometimes he's playing like loud music that's going into other people. So everyone's annoyed with him, right? But then it's not just within my home. I actually just met a, re a renter next door and I spoke to him and he's annoyed. So here's a guy who lives in a different house next door. And he's like, every time I see the trash out there, I'm just like, why, why won't they just bring it back? So you have, the, yeah, you have a block. It's a nice block where people are really, really friendly. It's very, very community centric. Like I've been living where I, where I lived before for 10 years. And I only know people living in the house that I was living in. Here, I know so many neighbors. Like I know people by first name basis. Um, there's one neighbor who actually bought flowers for people on the block. Like that's the kind of area it is. Like she just went out and bought flowers and like, this like nice message so very very it's almost like a story uh a fairy fairy tale type of thing but then we have this hidden you know sort of darkness within my home um the only home where we've seen police come to on the block <laughs> right it was actually shooting in my basement there is blood spatter all over my door all over my steps i think the hole at the bottom of the step is actually from a bullet so, and this is regarding one of the people that are living in my house. Apparently they had some kind of domestic thing with an ex-boyfriend and he came in there and I guess he was trying to kill her. And, and then I had another tenant who was like a, um, one of these, uh, 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 you know, let's just say she loves her guns and she had to come out and, um, uh, and, and, and it was a whole, whole situation. So I, I, <laughs> right. So in, in this nice friendly area, Right. My house is the house that the police are coming to. And also one of my one of the I don't want to say too much, but let's just say a family member of someone living in my house stole a car belonging to not just any neighbor, but the neighbor that I told you about earlier. The really, really super, super nice, super friendly, you know, would give the shirt off her back type. I mean, I know they say that kind of expression, but. This is the kind of woman who would actually do that kind of thing. Like there was a young kid who, and I got to be careful what I'm saying, uh, but I don't want to give out too much information, but there was a, let's just say there was a kid who died in the area and it was a sad circumstance. It was due to neglect. And she felt so like bothered by that, that she actually went and held like a vigil at his house. You know what I mean? Like bringing flowers and stuff like that. And that's who, whose car, on a neighborhood that we don't have much crime, right? Now, there's other parts of the neighborhood that does have crime issues, but I just happen to be an, an, in a part of the area that is actually really, really nice. Everyone's super friendly, and we don't really have much crime, but then the, here's the first big crime happening, and it's somebody in my house, and the big thing is that I'm powerless to do anything about it. But the, in terms of, the, in terms of the, the, what's the word, the havoc that's being wreaked, it goes beyond even what I'm telling you. So all of the, all of the, all the people living in the house are dealing with this, this one guy. There's another person who's not paying, but at least that person is kind of like, they just get kind of noisy sometimes, but they're not like messing with other people like this guy is. So he's messing with people in the building, people on the block, on the block are annoyed by him, but he's also frustrating the city because what he does is he will call up the city and, and make bogus claims about like, Oh, he's freezing. I have him in there and, and he's, and it's cold. There's a heat issue, right? And then when the, when the city shows up, he doesn't let them in, 
right? So you're claiming that you're down there freezing. The city comes, and, and the thing is, the way things are set up, he has all the power, right? If I don't do anything, like, if I don't provide a trash can, if I don't provide heat, if I don't provide hot water, right? If I have stuff blocking the hallway, that's like a fire hazard, he can pick up a phone and same-day serve it. People will come out, and they will get on me. They will find me. I could even go to jail for something trivial. I think, I think the, um, I forgot what it was. I think actually the, um, the fire hazard stuff. Somehow, like, it could escalate to jail. I mean, to think about, so someone living in my home leaves things in the hallway that's a fire hazard and refuses to remove it. I can get fined for the thing that they're doing, and I can actually go to jail. Now, I, I imagine it's hard to get to the escalation point, but the fact that that's on the table, right? But the, the way that the city is being, is being messed with is, again, he calls them up, they show up, he doesn't let them in. So now you're spending, this is money, right? We're paying tax dollars to, to pay the salaries of these workers who are there who are supposed to be helping people who need help. And they take time out of their day to, to respond to this call, drive out there. Guy says he needs, I mean, what if it was a legit thing, right? Some poor person is in there freezing, right? I mean, it's good that we have people to take care of them. Like you, you, maybe I'm some like slumlord or whatever, right? Help these people. They don't have the resources. Let's, I, and I'm for that, right? But then you, you show up and you don't let him in. And then as soon as they leave, he comes, I see him on camera, he comes out, short pants and a t-shirt, right? Now, I, I, I'm a person who, you know, I, I, I've, I've done well for myself. I mean, I didn't come for money, obviously, but I've done well for myself. I don't walk around in shorts and a t-shirt in the wintertime because I'm not trying to waste money like that. I'm not trying to crank up my heat to a level to where I'd feel comfortable. So, I mean, to be comfortable dressed like that. So I will dress like this, maybe. I'm going to wear like a, like, a, like a hoodie or something, a long sleeve. I'm not going to be like a jacket and a hat or anything, but I'm going to wear you know, more, more seasonally appropriate clothing. This guy is so comfortable, shorts and a t-shirt. I send the photo to the city inspector guy and I say, listen, this guy is, is a fraud. Look at him. He's not, the, he, what he's saying is not true. And you would think that they would just realize he's a fraud and drop it. No, they still want to entertain. And this is how it's set up. Everything is set up in favor of the tenants. And as a homeowner, it's like, we don't matter, right? So even though someone is clearly being fraudulent, they will still entertain it. So what, so what do they do? Oh, we're going to come back and we're going to bring a building person to do some inspection. And I'm panicking because I'm, I'm paying this big mortgage and not getting paid uh, rent. So my, my credit is like, being destroyed i'm running on fumes financially because i can't afford it i can't afford to pay this mortgage and maintain this huge house without rent coming in so the idea of them coming and finding me or saying i got to change this or change that or whatever like that's terrifying like where am i going to find money and house something could be three thousand dollars five thousand just one item right so i'm terrified I'm like oh my goodness whatever whatever i'm panicking and then the guy comes the next day I'm watching on camera to see like what's going to happen. Two minutes later, he's gone. So I'm like, how can he do an inspection in two minutes? So the, the, the city guy came with a, a building inspector. So it was two people. And they were left in two minutes. I'm like, what is going on? So I call him up. I say, hey, what's going on? He wouldn't let us in. These people came to my house, I think, three times in a week for nothing. Right? They come. He doesn't want to let them in. Right. He's coming to the door in shorts, complaining about he's got uh, he's got problems or whatever. 
Can I say to them, listen, I'm telling you, he is playing you guys for a fool. Like, he's playing games. And they're like, yeah, we see that. And then they said they're going to drop it. So, so fortunately, you know, that, that ended. That didn't go escalate any further um, because I'm sure they could find something. Just like when the police pull you over, they could find something where it's like, oh, you're, this is supposed to be this or whatever. And it's like, you know, they, they really want to jam you up, they can. So I don't need someone coming around, poking around and like finding something and I got to, I got to go whatever. So, but the point is he's also wreaking havoc on the city because think about how these workers feel. They're not getting, I'm sure they're not getting paid that much money. So you're, you're working for the city as an inspector, a plumber. I'm sure you're not living a life of luxury. You're, you're, you're on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of income. And here you have this person who is using you, right? Using you as like a, like his henchman. Right, I'm gonna call you up just just so I can like stick it to the landlord, like playing games, right? I mean that's so disrespectful to me to them, right? To to and they have no choice. Like the way the laws are set up, the way the rules are set up, when they get these calls, they have to respond to them, right? And so he's wasting money of the cities. He he's disrespecting, in my view, the workers. And I've I've talked to these these people, and I was terrified because I I I felt very sort of negative in terms of like you know them being against me thinking i'm like a slumlord or whatever like i i felt honestly isolated so i felt very like uh anxious in terms of like their perspective like they're like oh you you're evil whatever whatever but i've talked to these guys i speak to them respectfully and honestly and transparently and I, i'm actually presently surprised that they're actually very understanding like they get it and i guess there's other people that are playing these games so they're aware of these types of tricks that are being played but they're stuck. They, these are the rules. So they have no choice but to be sort of pawns of, I'm gonna call what it is, parasites like these. You have people who, who need the help, who are poor, who are struggling, who have little means, who need, need help, right? And then you have people like this who are parasites, right? Because I'll give you an example. This guy literally throws litter in my lobby on camera. So he knows the camera's there and he just throws it down. And I ask him, could you please pick that up? That thing that you threw down, right? Refuses to do it. So you're home all day. You're living in the nicest part of town. You don't pay any rent. I don't even think he's paying for electricity, right? And you can't just open your door. I mean, that's kind of silly because he, he threw it there intentionally, obviously, right? It's not like he left it there by accident. So I'm, 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 I'm actually trying to, trying to think rationally, like, you know, oh, it's so hard to just open your door. No, he meant to do that. He's like, he's like giving me the middle finger, right? He's like, you know, F you, right? I'm the, you think this is your house? This is my house. That's basically what it is. It's like, he's taken over my house. I have no recourse. Like he, he, the only thing that, that he can't do is if he tries to like punch me or he comes out with a gun, like he has to go way above and beyond. Otherwise he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to take his trash out. He can leave stuff in the hallway. He can just be a nuisance to everyone. And we all just have to just, sub, we're all su um, sub, sub, uh, submissive. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, subservient rather to him. Like he is the king. A few months after I bought the house, he actually, he said to me, hey, um, if you want to sell the house, I know a guy who might buy it. Let me tell you something. I am the, I'm probably the, the fourth owner in six years of the house. This guy, to my understanding, has not paid rent in six years. 
I believe, yes, I believe that he basically has taken over the house. So he, he, he gets in there, he plays these games, right? Owners get frustrated and they sell and that resets the clock. So for example, when I, when I bought the house, there was an eviction going on with this guy, but the evictions don't carry on to the next owner because I think it's a matter of, um, what's the word? Uh, there's a legal term where you have to have not damages, but like, I can't, I can't sue. Like if, if my, if my sister gets hurt by something that, uh, that her company does or at a job, I can't sue the company because I'm not the one who got hurt. She has to sue them. Right. So I forgot, I forgot the term, but it applies here. The person who was owed the rent, who has, you know, something to sue about is the previous owner. So since that owner sold the house, I think that just gets dropped. But regardless of what happens with that, it's, it, I've got nothing going when I bought the house. So that means I need to start a new process, right? And in this country, you're entitled to a certain amount of days based on how long you've lived at a property. So in this case, because I've been there for years, it's 90 days. So every owner that comes in and has to start a new process, they get another 90 days. Not to mention the months and months of the owner trying to like resolve this it's like i got this guy who's not paying i gotta get him out and you go through the courts and it's back and forth and and all this nonsense and then he's just being a nuisance and it's frustrating and then eventually they're just you, you lose so much money that what they do is they pass it on to the next sucker so what you do is you put the house on the market and then you kind of fib a little bit about what's happening in terms of the rent and stuff and uh, you know, when you ask certain questions, they, you know, there's a delay on the answer, you know, it's play little games. And then they, you know, that person signs a contract. Oh, oh good luck. Ah, have fun. Right. So I, I'm obviously speculating. I, I, I wasn't there for the previous owners, but this is based on what I'm experiencing now. I think that's what's been happening. The owners come in, they try whatever to get the guys out. And then after a while, they get frustrated to give up, put on the market. The next person buys it. Same thing. Because the last owner, bought the house and only was living there for um, not living there. They only had the house for a year, right? They literally bought the house a year ago and already they're, they're selling it. And I know that a big frustration that they had, I, you know, unfortunately um, there's, a, there's a cop car that pulled up. Unfortunately, I know some, some of the stuff in progressive media go, goes a little bit overboard, but you do need to pay attention because you never know what kind of cop or what he's up to, right? That, that is, you know, they, they may exaggerate, but there is a reason that I'm talking to you and I see a cop. I shouldn't just keep talking to you. I should like look and see like what's happening, you know, wait, we're good. He's gone anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, so I, so I think that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what's been happening. Um, and I lost my train of thought, but he had it for a year. I know he was frustrated with this whole rent thing. He wasn't honest with me. So I bought it. My understanding when I bought it was they had pending evictions. So, you know, worst case scenario might be three months or something. You know, I would just kind of rough it, you know, ramen noodles or whatever for a few months. And then I would get them out and then I would slowly recover and then move forward. Um, I had no idea about how bad things are. And I guess, we should talk about that. How bad are things? Like, what what do these laws actually state, right? So, what what's what's the real thing that's been going on? There was a program created. Well, first of all, you had the eviction moratorium, which they kind of like banned evictions. So that's pretty that's pretty clear. 
what that did, right? You couldn't you couldn't evict someone because of that moratorium. And, and when when was that passed? When was that law passed? That was uh, I, I I don't I I don't remember, but that would have been like uh, uh, twenty twenty one maybe. And this was set up purely for for the COVID, for the pandemic to protect tenants during yeah, the pandemic. Of, because of the pandemic. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the problem before, I wasn't a homeowner then, so I didn't get the full perspective, but I did. While I was, I was happy that they did this because I realized that there were people that were, were going to be left behind. Um, and I, 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 ironically, because you talk to a typical, you know, on, let's call it online progressive, and, you know, they would look at me as some kind of capitalist savage or whatever, but I you know, again, I don't come from money, right? So I, I know what it's like to to not not have and to, you know, wonder about like what bill you're going to pay and which one you're not going to pay and, 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 you know, running from phone calls, you know, you got a phone call, anonymous number, you're like, is that some debt collector? You know what I mean? So, so I appreciated them providing the support for people who might need it and struggle because of the pandemic. But I did think to myself, but what about the, what about the, the landlord? <laughs> right i mean they got a mortgage like i said when you when you're doing that you need to be if you're gonna if you're gonna freeze the rent you need to freeze the mortgages as well yeah because what they're doing is gonna have a repercussion on something else and that's if someone if this didn't even happen and someone mentioned this to me the first thing i would think of is well how the landlord's not going to get the money so where's the where's the package of money for the landlord in this situation yeah, it's like you're running a business, your expenses, your mortgage, and obviously maintenance of the property. But if you're not getting that rent to pay your mortgage, then how there's a there's massive gap there where you're just left with a mortgage liability whilst the tenants aren't paying any rent. It's 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 almost in some way a super simplistic analogy. Like you you uh, you have some people who are homeless who need certain medical supplies, and then you come up with this plan that. You're going to go to the local hospital. And you're just going to take it from there and give it to these homeless people. And you're like, this is great that you're going to do that. But then realizing the full logistics of it, you're like, wait a minute. But what about the people in the hospital that need those supplies? Because it's not like it's extra supplies. It's like they're needed. But the way it's thought of is like it's, it's, it's tunnel vision. It's just there's these homeless people that need the medical supplies. And the hospital has it. And you give it to them. Great. This is wonderful. Meanwhile, there's patients in the hospital that are like, hey, where's our medicine? <laughs> you know, and no one's talking about them. There's no focus on them. It's just like, oh, the homeless people, they need it, need it. And my thing is, let's help the homeless people, but let's not do it where it's like, you're going to, I'm going to sink these people to save those. So <laughs> can we get, can we meet halfway to where, right. So maybe, maybe, maybe we do some kind of ration rationing system where, you know, we look we look into the hospital usage and it's like, you know, do we really need to use as much of these supplies? Some of these patients actually don't need this. And there's alternatives like, you know, tweak it to where the patients in the hospital are getting taken care of and you're just taking from the excesses. Right. And then you take those excesses and you give to the homeless. So the homeless are getting help and then the hospital is getting taken care of. But no, the mentality was we just got to help the, the renters and they do the rental program, which is great. But then it's like they don't talk about the the homeowners. Um, and please remind me, I we we have to talk about the to me the American progressive mindset of of 
you know, the way they think about the poor versus the middle class and class warfare, we've got to talk about that. But I want to first talk about the program. So the moratorium was the eviction, you know, stopping evictions. The thing that was really the thorn in my side was something called ERAP, which most people probably don't even know about. It's the Emergency Rental Assistance Program. That program has to be one of the most horrific like programs that I've ever heard about. So such a savage and disgusting, I mean, I've never seen some, something in my life. Um, <clears throat> on the surface, it sounds good. Like if I were like an online, like a progressive influencer, I could really sell it very well to a progressive audience. as like, this is so great. And it's going to help all these homeless people and whatever, because there was a good side to it. And fundamentally, it sounds good in theory. So here's the basic thing, right? This program actually does exactly what we said the other one should. Remember we said take care of the landlord? That's what this program on the surface is supposed to do. This is what it does. It, it basically makes it almost impossible to evict someone. So if you're poor and you can't pay your rent because of COVID or whatever, like you get to stay in your home and not get kicked out. Your landlord can't kick you out for non-payment. It specifically addresses eviction based on non-payment. That's not the only reason, but that's the, 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 that's the main thing that it's there for. So it basically says, if I want to evict someone and the basis is that they are not paying the rent, they can't do it, I can't do it if someone's in that program, right? And... The program is supposed to also take care of the landlord. So the way, so the, so the thing is, I can't evict them, right? And the government's going to come in and pay the rent on behalf of the, 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 the renter. Sounds good, right? That's what you're supposed to do, right? Right? But what, what, what's the problem? Again, this is the thing with, with tribalism. If, a a, a left-wing channel would probably tell you about that side of it. And it sounds great. And if I heard this, I'll be like, that's awesome. That's what they should have been doing. That's what the moratorium was a failure. This is really great. Here's the problem. They didn't have the money. But yet they still put in the protections. So you have a thing that says you can't evict someone because they're in this program that's supposed to pay the rent for them. And you don't have the money to pay the rent for them, but you're still going to allow them to live for free anyway. So it's, it's, it's like, it's almost, it's almost like it, it's a, it's, it's like a evil genius thing, right? Because on the, on the surface, it sounds good, but the reality is it's doing the same thing as the moratorium. You still have a situation where you have people that are allowed to not pay the rent and you still have the landlord that's not being taken care of because it doesn't matter that there's, that there's money that's allocated, whatever. It's not, if it's not being given out, like my mortgage doesn't wait. Every month, the mortgage has to be paid. So my thought process is, if you don't have the money for this program, you can't do the program, right? You can't have a program that's supposed to pay the rent and you don't have the money to pay the rent and you're just going to leave the protections. That, like, what? But they were doing that. So, so they had this program and landlords weren't getting paid. I mean, not totally. Like some of them were getting paid. It was like all over the place. I remember you probably saw on the news, they said something like 90% of the funds were not distributed. I think this falls into part of that to where government corruption you know whatever the issue was bottom line is a bunch of homeowners were not getting paid now the program gets worse this is so sick the way that this thing is set up so, 
and you wouldn't know this. Like I did the research to find this out. I did a lot of digging. I looked at previous court cases and I learned about this stuff. The way that the law is written, if I accept a dime of this money, I'm making a 12 month commitment. So, and it's kind of weird because the program seems like on the surface, it doesn't really allow you to evict someone, but by you accepting money, it, it kind of more solidifies it even more, right? Because they say from the period of time, from the first check is received for the next 12 months, you can't increase the rent and you can't evict them. So you have someone who, you know, maybe taking advantage of the program that's being a nuisance, like my situation or whatever. And you're, this is why I, why I think it's sick. So you have someone like me who's, who's desperate. I'm running on fumes. I'm, 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 I'm running into a lot of my credit because I don't have the cash to pay the mortgage by myself. So I really need the money. And then like a dog that's chained up and starving, you dangle this like red meat in front of me. You know, I'm starving and I'm chained up. I can't get it. And you're just like, dang, look at this juicy meat. Like, Oh, this money is here. Come get this money. But in this in the analogy with the dog, the meat has poison in it. <laughs> so it's like you really want it because you're really hungry, but you also know like if you bite this thing, you're going to die because it's got poison in it, right? So the same thing. If and when the money becomes available, you touching it is committing you to another 12 months of a scenario where, like I said, you're abandoned. If you have if if you have a normal tenant that's just like they're they're struggling financially, well, then that then that's fine. Cause twelve months, whatever. They're, and and you know this was your tenant. Like these are tenants I inherited. Let's say it's somebody that you you rented to, right? So you had a normal regular relationship. They lost their job. They're struggling. Twelve month commitment. Again, on the surface, it sounds good. That's fine. I wouldn't have a problem with that. If one of my tenants that I brought on ran into a difficulty and they needed the help, I'm not worried about that. But the problem when you create a system like this is when you have you know, people like what I have, who are just awful people, you enable them to really, you know what I mean? Like, they're, so they're going to be there for another year of being like a boss where they can do whatever and I can't do anything. So it basically forces you that even if the money becomes available, you don't want it, right? So you're, you're forced to like, no, I don't want that. Like, that's like blood money or something. Like, no, I don't, I don't want a dime. Right. Even though you need the money, like, that to me is so sick. Like you have someone that's, that's struggling and they need the money and it's like you, you can't you can't touch it. Um, so if you accept some of this money, you're stuck with this bad tenant you've got for another 12 months. You're committed to keeping this tenant. Yeah. A year. And it's already almost been a year. So that's two years. So what, what's your, what process are you currently going through? Can, are you going through any process to get rid of this tenant? Right. I, I am. So here's another side of it that, that is really, it's, it's just, it just shows how broken like our country is right now. Um, and, and this is stuff that, that I never knew about. I know a lot of people don't know about this. When you're a normal person like me, yes, I'm high income, but we got to understand this class war stuff. You've got the 99% of which I'm part of, and you've got the 1%, right? The 1% is so far and above, like it's not even remotely close to the rest of us, that even if you're making like $300,000 a year, like you're poor, right? Compare, compared to a half a billionaire, like a 500 billion guy, and you're like 300,000, I mean, sorry, 300,000 a year, like after taxes, like what was that, 200,000, 150,000? 
You know what I mean? That's nothing, right? And the thing about it is the 99%, we have to work for a living, right? I don't have a rich dad. Like, I'm at risk of homelessness as well, right? That's, that's what's looming because if, if I foreclose, I put all my money in this house, right? That's the thing. For a normal person, even as a high-income person, I don't have the funds to buy a four-family house without squeezing myself to the limits. I had to use a special low, low down payment program, which means I have to pay a very high um, mortgage um, uh, insurance, which is, I think it's like, uh, like $1,200 a month or something ridiculous just for the insurance because it's this low down payment thing. Um, it's really hard to get a property that qualifies for it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's even, even, you basically hire an attorney to do paperwork, right? You'll pay $500, $800, maybe $1,000, and that's what you get for that paperwork. They, they file your stuff in court. They will show up in court for you. But there is no, like, tactics and, like, let's look at the uh, previous legal, like, that stuff you see on Hollywood, like, where they're, like, looking at previous cases and here's an angle. We're going to use this angle and there's, there's a loophole. There's none of that, man. They're just filing the paperwork and then they can have like, you know, 20 clients because they're not really doing any work. Really. It's just like filling up paperwork, submitting it, showing it up uh, uh, for the court date. Right. So basically for normal people, even someone who's a, who's a, uh, you know, call me upper middle, uh, upper, upper middle class. Um, it's hard to find good legal representation because a lot of the guys that are more affordable, they're very dishonest. So long story short, it took me three months just to find an attorney who even knew the basics of the very law that we're trying to challenge. Now think about, think about how, think about how disgusting that is. Now, now they come up with a new law. It's been a, it's been a year in place, right? the restrictions on the evictions, blah, 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 right? After a year, I knew more about the law and the exceptions and ways to challenge it than all the attorneys I saw in the first three months. Now think about it for a second. What have they been doing for the last year? Because you know, other landlords have been trying to do evictions that have been paying these guys money to do evictions. If in a year they don't know like there's only two or three exceptions to the law. One of them applies to me. If you want to live in the property, if it's, if it's four units or less, right, four units or less, and the owner wants to live on the property, there is an exception that allows you to evict, right? That's, that's the one good thing that they did, which is, which is so like, that's the right thing to do. You're saying, this is a person, it's your property, you purchased the property, and you want to live in there. And for us, the court to stop someone from being able to live in their own home, that is too far. So what they do is if you're like an investor, right, who you have a home and you purchase another one as an investment, then they're like, we're going to take care of the tenant, right? But they say, if you want to live there, that's an exception. So that's one of the only two exceptions, right? And it's very, it's not complicated. It's pretty simple four units or less, and the owner wants to occupy uh, immediately or something like that, right? Three months, every attorney I spoke to wasn't aware of this. I would speak to the attorneys 
and they would tell me stuff that was incorrect because I was reading. I had to become my own attorney. I'm sitting here. Listen, I signed up for a legal services uh, thing, and that, that, that's another thing that's messed up. They, they, they limited minimum contract was two years. So I had to sign up for two years just to get access to these court cases. It says it's a legal service. $100 a month. They required me to sign a two-year contract, right? And why am I even doing this, right? In a normal world, I should be able to just hire an attorney and have them do their jobs. But no, I have to fend for myself. So I had to sign up for this program, and, and I'm like an attorney. I'm, I read through so many cases, and I had like a, a, a spreadsheet of like previous cases and, and like quotes from what the judges were saying and, and all these different things. And I'm like being like a legal aid or whatever. So I had a lot of familiarity with the laws and stuff. So I would talk to an attorney, big shot attorney, charging a lot of money, and have them tell me stuff that's incorrect. And I'm like, wait a minute. You can't, I said, I said that, you can't do that. The law specifically states that blah, 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 blah. How am I telling an attorney the law? Like, I don't have any legal experience. I don't have an aptitude necessarily for that. I don't have any background in it. All I did is I have, I have, I have comprehension skills I can read, right? And I have, I have the, what's the word, the motivation, because I'm in a crisis. I need to, I, I need to figure things out. So I'm like, all right, I, the attorneys are, are not trustworthy. I'm going to go and I'm read stuff and learn. I'm going to see how much I can help myself and go as far as I can so that when I go to the attorney, I'm not such like an idiot that they can take advantage of. Right. So three months to find one attorney that at least knew the law, the bar was so low at that point that I was so excited that he just knew the law. He hasn't done anything impressive. Right. He seems like a cool guy. And I noticed that's one thing I noticed, like don't get caught up in personality. It's nice that the attorney is like friendly and stuff and, you know, conversational. That's irrelevant. You want to know about uh, his ethics, right? His work ethic. You want to know about his case history, how good he, you know, argues cases in court and that kind of thing. Um, but he seemed friendly and he knew the law. And compared to all the other attorneys who didn't even know the law, <laughs> the basics of the law, I was like, man, this is amazing, right? I'm about to, I'm about to dump this guy because... He's not doing anything. It's like I said, what you get as the 99%, what you can afford to get is the paperwork. So he's another paperwork guy. His only big thing was that he at least knew the law. But for example, I will send him an email or contact him and say, hey, I'm going to go and talk to the tenant about the eviction thing. And this is what I'm going to say, whatever. No response. I'm not an attorney, but I know enough to know that if you're an attorney that's going to represent me in court and you're going to try to do an eviction, any interaction that I have with a tenant can hurt your case potentially, right? So as an attorney, I would never want you to tell me you're going to go talk to the tenant and me not contact you to at least give you some tips of like, don't say this, don't say that. No response before I had to talk or after. He has never commented at all. And that's in general. Like things are happening. Like I had to call the police not too long ago. Um, he's been making like sort of like veiled threats at me. Like there's the guy, like uh, middle finger on the camera. Like I asked him politely, like, I keep telling him like, can you take the trash out? Right. He won't do it. So he gets annoyed. He comes home and he looks in the camera and he's like, F you mother effer. Like he's cursing me out. He's living, not paying the rent. He, he's making so many people's lives miserable. 
And for me to ask him to do what everyone else on the block is doing, take your trash out, I'm the mother effer, right? So I tell the attorney stuff like this, no comment, no nothing, just silence. I haven't heard anything from him in, in weeks now, right? So that is what, that is what, that is what you deal with. And, it, and it's, I got to tell you, it's, I've never felt so isolated because, you know, most people are not, um, they're not doing this. They're not in this business, so they don't understand it. I didn't understand it myself before how things go down. So, so a lot of like regular people, they don't, they don't really fully get it. And then you're competing with narratives from, from media, right? Media, they like to focus on, because you do have like really bad landlords. They're like slumlords. They're people who like super greedy and they try to crank up the rent, right? So with all that narrative and a lack of context, I, I got to tell you, man, I don't know where your politics lie. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm as independent as you can get. I, I personally, I reject the American left and right um, and the center, you know, my view is I feel like the centrists are kind of clueless. Like with the stuff that's going on in this country, if you're like in the center, just kind of like, you know, oh, you want to go too extreme to me, you're, you're like clueless. But I, I don't fully blame you because you're probably watching centrist media and that's why your rural view is such as it is. But I look at the conservatives and I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like they're, they're just insane. And then look at um, the, the left in this country and it's like, they at least talk about things that I feel are, 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 you know, they talk about important things. They talk about healthcare and whatever, but they're so unserious about it. Like, it's like the, the people, the loudest voices, they're content creators. They're online and it's all about the content. They just sit in there and trying to get those clicks. They don't seem to really understand or really care to understand the things that they're talking about. So, and even when I search, like when I search for information, so I say, I, I'll Google, you might try it. I don't know what you get, but, I get into the way I say, what do I do if I have a tenant that's not, tenant refuses to take out the trash, what should I do? I swear, 90% of the time, whenever I search for stuff to help me, like what should I do if a tenant's doing X, Y, and Z, 90% of the time or more, the, 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 the results I get are tenant perspective. They're like, what to do if your landlord isn't. But I swear, I, I'm searching for I search for what to do if the tenant is such and such, and I literally get a bunch of links saying, uh, uh, if your landlord refuses to fix something, what you can do is da, da, da. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> so you feel like you don't exist. Like, the, the, it's hard to find information to, uh, to like, what I do. Uh, regular people, they don't get it. Um, and then you have these two tribes. That one tribe on the conservative side, they're, they're more kind of um, – they're against all these government programs and it's handouts and, and whatever. Um, so actually I'll get sympathy from them, right? Because I am, I'm, I'm like a poster child for the stuff that they, they love to harp on. It's like, see, this is what these government programs do. Right. So I'm not down with that. I support the government programs. I just say do it the right way. But the whole perspective on the, on the conservative side is just to like, if you come with a government program, let's find one wrong thing about it. And let's just paint it as like, oh, oh it's not going to work, right? So if they say, um, you know, let's let's make minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour, right? And let's say in theory that this this could work very well. On the conservative side, they'll find anything at all that to diminish it, and then they'll harp on it. So let's say, for example, they'll say, oh, what about in a place where fifteen dollars an hour is like thirty dollars to them because the cost of living is lower. And then they just keep talking about that, talking about that. So the point is not like, let's do it the right way. It's, let me tell you how this program sucks. 
as all government programs suck because government programs suck and government just needs to stay out of our way and we need freedom and whatever. Like that's the perspective. And then on the left, they will support these programs. But again, it's an unserious thing. So what do I mean by unserious? So it's very easy for me as a, a corrupt politician in a Democratic Party to go and suggest something like, for example, this rental assistance program or whatever, and put it out there and say, we got we to keep people at home. Right. And you can get a lot of people on the left, like motivated and they'll push this message out. But they won't give it a critique. They won't actually examine it and see like like any flaws. Right. So you have a bad faith attack from the conservative side, like conservative side will, will put out something that's bad faith. And the left wing media, they love to attack that. That's easy. Like, oh, they're, they're being dishonest because they're, they're making it seem like da 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 da. And then they put their video out and then their, their left wing audience is like, let's make them better. Right. And then we, we find additional flaws and let's keep cranking it up and keep progressing. Right. This is progressive. Right. Let's keep progressing until we get better and better. But it's none of that. So you can, as a Democrat, you can come up with a program that sounds nice and get it to sort of, percolate and then a lot of left-wing people talking about it we got this we got this whatever and then there could be bad consequences to it right but no one will know because on that side of the media they're only talking about you know a, a sort of limited information and and before i forget what i wanted to mention before i forget uh because this is a very important factor i want to talk about how 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 i have been received by the people watching this kind of you know progressive content um i viewed a lot of conservatives in terms of their attitudes about certain things to be savage for lack of a better word it's kind of like um when we talk about like homelessness it's kind of like you know you hear things about like well they 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 want to be homeless it's a lifestyle i mean a lot of stuff being fed to them by who they're watching but still they'll say stuff like that or they'll say you know uh, they're just lazy. They, they don't want to work, right? If you work hard, like, you know, life is hard, you know, you got to be tough and da, 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 right? That's like kind of the, you know, and, and it's kind of like no compassion for like people who, like not all of them are quote unquote lazy. Some people just had a bad situation and, and this is where they ended up, but it's no like compassion for that. But progressives, same thing. This is what I see from the, from their perspective. Just like the conservatives, the compassion is always selective. Conservatives are compassionate about people that fit into their bubble. So are progressives, right? So if I'm poor, remember I come from poverty, right? So when I was poor, I would get all the sympathy for the exact same things I'm experiencing right now, right? Because look at what I'm doing right now. I am, I'm an accountant. I'm a plumber. I'm an electrician. Like I'm doing all this work. I, 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 I bought, I have had more tools now than ever in my life. Like, I bought a circular saw. I bought an oscillating multi-tool. I'm watching videos, learning how to do this stuff. I had to fix a plumbing leak in, my, in one of the bathrooms. I'm doing electrical work because I don't have the money to go just call somebody up because I'm not getting rent. So I got to do it myself, right? So I'm doing all this hard labor to where I had to take a day off from work last week because it was too much for me. I started feeling like, like I was going to faint or something like the very next day because I was all weekend working. I'm 46 years old. I don't have a 26-year-old body. Right. So I overdid it all day. I'm digging trenches. Like I literally dug a trench to fix a drainage issue. Right. And the thing is, the, the, the online progress is watching the content. Like they don't seem to understand what it takes to run a house like this. They think I'm just on a beach sitting there, like cashing checks 
No, I'm out there literally digging trenches at 46 years old my entire weekend, and I didn't get to sleep. I got, I, I got, like I said, I take a day off because I was feeling sick. Now, this is the kind of thing that American progressives, like they will have so much compassion for if you're poor. It's the same thing. You have a poor person who is like working their ass off because I have, I'll go to work, I work a full day at work, and then I come home and now I got to do the house stuff. So from the early morning till sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm, I'm working. And a lot of this is physical labor. And, and you watch like, you know, young Turks and they'll talk about, you know, someone who's working hard and then they're only making $10 an hour. Right. And you have the people at the top making all this money and, and, and look at all the labor. And these are the real people. Like how do you get those billionaires it's from the people on the ground working with their hands? That's me. Right. I'm working with my hands. Right. I literally, I don't know what, what, I, what I injured myself, but I, I, I literally injured myself. Like I'm out there doing the hard labor. I built a mailbox for the first time, not the mailbox, but I set it up for my ten, first time in my life. I went to, I went to Home Depot. I got like a, um, what was it? A eight, eight foot um, wooden, uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't even know what it's called. A stake, I guess, you know? And it's a big it's spare, square block of wood, right? I brought that and I took like two buckets. And I laid the buckets out, and I took my oscillate, my uh, my circular saw, and I cut it in half, right? And then I go in the backyard, and I got the sledgehammer, and I'm, I'm, you know, and it's raining, it's raining, it's cold. I'm out there with the flashlight on the thing, and one of the neighbors, the actually the 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 guy spoke to the renter. He actually said he saw me, and he was like, "What is this guy doing?" Because I was out there. It's like it's cold, it's raining. Why was I out there? One of these people who aren't paying me any money. Right now, all the mail goes into one box. It's annoying. I know it's annoying for them because everyone's mail is in there. It's, it's a mess. So I promised this person. Here comes the cops again. I promised this person that I would um, that I would I would um, set a mailbox up for them so they have their own mailbox so they don't have to deal with the mess. A person who has not paid me a dime, I gave them my word that I would do that. And even though on the day that I had to do it, like the weather was bad, because I said I would do it on that day. I went out there in the cold with my dad's sledgehammer and my shovel digging the hole and whatever and setting this whole thing up. And I, and I gave, I set up that mailbox, right? I'm doing labor. I'm doing all of this work and not being compensated for my labor, but it's okay because I'm upper middle class. It's only okay to not be compensated for your labor. If you're poor, once you leave poverty, your labor is worthless to the American progressive, right? It's all about the poor, the poor, the poor. But here is the bigger problem, right? So now you're setting up a class war. You're setting up people who are upper middle class who buy these homes and try to rent them out. And they're being abandoned. They're being treated like crap by people like who I have. They're not getting the support from the, from the community, from the, from the government. So what do they do? Every man for themselves, Right. This puts pressure to push the rents up because it makes renting a higher risk business. And if you know how business works, the higher the risk, the higher the costs, right? You're not going to get someone to do a very dangerous job without compensation because who's going to want to do that? Who's going to want to risk their lives to go travel to the moon or something, right? And you're going to pay them $20,000. You're not going to get anybody, right? So um you you oh man i lost my chin of thought i'm getting old what was i saying
the divide the between middle class and lower class? Um, I, for, I forgot where I was going with that. So you, but basically, yeah. you, was, you were saying um, nobody's going to go to the moon for $20,000 a year. And then right. you train right. for after that. Oh, 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 oh I'm, 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 I'm saying why the pressure for the rent increases, right? You're making renting a higher risk business. No one's going to want to do it for like minimal money because you're thinking if I get a bad tenant, they could be in there for years, right? That could sink me. So I need to make so much money that I have a good reserve that I can weather it, right? No one's going to want to get into a business where the risk is so high like that, that because you're not going to be in business for long. Right. So you're putting pressure to increase the rent. Also, you're putting pressure for, again, this us versus them. It's kind of like, well, these renters, they're nasty. And, and, then, and also, let me tell you how bad things are. I'm a guy who, you know, I used to do volunteer work. I was in the military. Um, I actually used to go to schools and speak to kids and try to, like, get them on track. And I would pick out bad schools. And this was my own program. Because when I graduated from high school, I right away saw things that I wasn't taught in school in terms of the real world, you know what I mean? And I felt like I wanted to go back and tell the kids, like, hey, guys, you know, such and such. So that was something that w was on my heart from, from way back when I was a kid, right? Just a young adult, rather. And somewhere in my career, I made that happen. I literally went and called. Like, I looked for schools that were in, like, t tough areas. And I would call them up and, like, hey, can I come and speak to your kids? And I did it for free. All right. So I am that kind of person who would want to help out the community and give back. And I did it in secret, by the way. So it's not like I did it for attention, tax breaks. I didn't get any benefit from that. Right. I had to take time off for my work to go and, and try to help other people's kids. Right. Why do I tell you that? Not to not to make myself look good or whatever, to give you context. A person like that is now being put in a situation now where I'm being forced down a road where I got to be careful what I'm saying, but let's just say the idea of discriminating against government programs seems feasible, feasible. Because think about it. I now know that the government does not care about me in terms of like, like I'm not big enough. Like if you're the 1%, then yeah, you're the one you're, you're paying off politicians. I'm not on that level. So they don't care about me. All they care about is their political narrative and their narrative. I don't fit into it. Right. Their narrative is focused on the poor. So I'm on my own. So I know if I get involved in any kind of government program, so if you come to me with some kind of voucher or whatever, and, and, I, and I get involved in that, I'm now getting involved in something where I, I, there's an entity that has no compassion for me. They will have me lose my home, and they will look at me and say, well, that's the risk you take. I literally had somebody tell me like, like that, uh, some government worker on the phone that I spoke to, I think from the rental assistance program, and that's the attitude. It's kind of like, well, that's the risk you take. No, I, I, I don't expect that when I buy a home that the government is going to step in and force someone to take over my home and just live there and not, and not, I don't expect that. I expect that I might get a bad tenant and have to deal with it for a few months and I might not get any rent for those few months, but then I'd get them out after a few months and, you know, I recover and move on. I don't expect that, you know, year after year, someone might be in there and the government might just look at me and like, you know, sorry. So, so think about that. So now, so now you're in an environment where, where landlords 
will be running far away from programs. So here you are a person, you're a good person. You're just poor, right? But you need help. So you get this voucher and now you go out and you try to find a rent to rent somewhere and you can't find any place. And part of the reason for that is because of what's happening now. You, you burned enough of these landlords and they get terrified. And then the survival of the, what's the, what's the, not, uh, not of the fittest. I don't know if that's what I'm looking for, but it's kind of like, you know, okay, it's, it's me or you, like one of us is going to die and it's not going to be me. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, 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 I'm sorry about what you're going through, but I'm not going to like lose my home. And I'm, I don't, I don't want to be homeless either. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, so now I'm going to, I'm going to discriminate against people that are on, on program. I'm going to make sure I don't get anywhere near. And think about that. If I'm the person who, who is, who is, has sort of a, like, I want these programs. I want to participate in these programs. Like, I want to help people. If I'm feeling like, oh, I want to stay far away, can you imagine just a, just a regular person who doesn't particularly has these sympathies? Like, they don't really, they're more focused on their own lives or whatever. Like, what are they doing? So you're, you're setting up an atmosphere where you can have, like, a lot of slumlords and a lot of, like, people doing a lot of stuff that, you know, so rents go up. There's less people want to rent because people are scared. They don't want to rent because they don't want to end up with, like, what I'm dealing with. So you have less apartments for rent. The apartments that are for rent, the prices go up higher because of, of the risk involved. And then also you have this sort of us versus them. The landlords feel like the tenants are, you know, the tenants, this place, they're so nasty and whatever, and, and there's lack of compassion. And then you have the tenants feeling the same way. They feel like the landlords, oh, landlords, they, they're just greedy and whatever. And it's a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Sorry, I know I'm like rambling. <laughs> I, think, I think what you're saying, we'll probably go into it a bit more when, when we do knuckle down into the um, the problem that's transpiring in lower class and middle class. And I think, was the term you're looking for dog eats dog? So it's turned this situation into dog eats dog. I think so. One think of so, you yeah. have to survive. Right, right, and right. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you right. kill the other person, um, for right. a better term. So what, what I can see is probably more of an outsider looking in because I'm not really in much of a property. But from an outsider looking in, what, what I can see is you've got the elites or as you as you refer to them, the one percent up top, they don't care about any uh, to them there is no middle class, higher class, lower class. It's them. Right. Right. They don't care. So all they want to do is sort of figure out what are these programs we can put in place to make this shit easier for number one, for the people who are up there. Um, right, right, means, right. And you talked about they're not putting, and we've talked about they're not putting much in 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 there for landlords. To them, a landlord who owns their own properties, making money off their own properties, is probably an, an obstacle for them. It's probably a threat for them. They they threat, yeah. they want to push the landlords out. That's what it looks like from my side looking in, and they want sooner or later the big multi billionaire corporate. Yeah, the tycoons, they want the, the tycoons right. to own everything and then sell to 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 us. The, the, they'll probably be sat in their big chairs saying, we'll own everything and then sell it to the to the peasants below. And what they're doing is they're putting these situations in place, like this program, to make us fight with each other. Um, same with the left and the right and all these groups and, and these tribes, as you call them as well, that are out there. They're putting all these programs in place so the tribes go away and fight each other whilst the ones the the, the, right. at the top and, right. and the people at the top are looking down thinking 
carry on going, guys. Carry on going. Burn out. Burn yourself out. And then we'll sweep in with a solution to your to your big problems that you've got down there. We'll provide you a solution. But all it's going to mean is more money for us, more control for us, and more power for us. Right. And uh, I, I, I can't tell you all this stuff without telling you, like, the... the... <laughs> Sort of the, the the most disgusting part of all, and this is also disgusting, but <clears throat> my living circumstances. So I eventually ended up. So I purchased this van. I paid cash for this van. Uh, I think thirteen hundred dollars. I paid for it, which I think was a pretty good price to get it for. Right. This is a a nineteen ninety nine van, and I know what you can see. You see my curtains. <laughs> right. <laughs> So this is this was pretty much I bought this van because I knew eventually I would I would need to move into it. So here's the idea. I I am a renter. I still am a renter. I'm on a month to month. I'm 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 actually in a situation where I could be evicted as well, right? So I have this house with a big mortgage, people aren't paying the rent. The mortgage has to get paid and that's that's cash. Right? You can put stuff on credit card, you can't put your mortgage on credit card. You have to have the actual cash to pay it. Right. So the situation I ended up in is I need to make it's, it's weird. I'm almost, almost forced into almost like a capitalist mindset where I needed to make money from everything that could make money. I couldn't afford to throw money away. So my apartment has value, even though I'm not actually allowed to do anything with it because I don't own that property. Right. But my apartment has value. I'm paying, you know, good money for it every month. So I can't afford to be there because this is something that has value. And even though, even though I'm not allowed to really, um, it has the potential to make money. So what I did is I pretty, I pretty much put my apartment up on, I'm sure you know about Airbnb. Yeah. So I, so I put it up for Airbnb so that I could, you know, basically make a little bit of money. I'm only, I think I only made like $300 a month from it in terms of profit. So that helps a little bit. I mean, the mortgage is much more than that. So three hundred dollars doesn't really do much, but it it all it all adds up, right? But I couldn't afford to be living in this in this apartment. You know what I mean? When I could actually use it to generate revenue, so I ended up giving that apartment up, and then um, I basically moved into my van. And the day that I moved in was like the coldest day of the year. It was like uh, twelve degrees outside, but I went. I got I got a zero degree. Um, we call it a bag, sleeping bag, which that was all a learning experience, man. I never knew this. Like, you could be out in in you know ten degree weather and just be in this sleeping bag and you're fine. But but yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess if, if, if there's enough insulation or whatever. Because I did that. I was out here twelve twelve degrees and I was actually fine as far as temperature with no heating in here at all. Just a just a sleeping bag. But um, but yeah, I mean, and it's 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 a mess. I don't know how much you can see here. Like this is this is real life. Like this is not some YouTube thing and you get everything all neat or whatever. Like with all the chaos, I don't have time to worry about like aesthetics and whatever. Like things are just like thrown everywhere. But one of the one of the most gross things that I, and I'm sorry to to, to share this with you is it, it, it it's kind of gross. But um, I needed to figure out plumbing. Right, in terms of like a bathroom, um, didn't have the money to like address that in a in a more civilized way. So 
I use a bucket. Right? So a, a guy who in this country has enough money to buy a big four family house is using a bucket. And, and the things that I'm learning, right? So I learned online that apparently that, you know, people that have horses, I don't know if you know anything about farm stuff. Like I don't have any horse background, but I guess they, they use these, these pellets to like cover up the odor of like the, you know, the cow, cow mess or whatever. I mean, cow mess, horse, <laughs> right? Right. So somebody mentioned this online because I've been looking at a lot of like this uh, RV life or van life stuff, and they and they were like, "This works great," and you know what? It actually does. So I've got my bucket, and you, and it's like almost like conservative love this part. It's like a, it's like a litter box situation, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I have a whole whole system that I that I use, and 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 I make it work. But it's it's just kind of, you know, at forty six years old, I work so hard. I've been through so much and for me to be, you know, in, you know, in a, I'll use a bucket, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, but meanwhile, these people are living in my house, best part of town, don't have to work. Everything's paid for. And, you know, they got all the heat and everything and, and plumbing. And, and if all, I mean, that stuff breaks, guess who got to fix it? Guess who's got to buy the money? Yeah. You're the one maintaining that for them whilst you're stuck in the van. Right. Exactly. And, and, and the thing about it is this, unfortunately, we're talking about like the media. This is, this is not, I looked, I sent you some videos and I noticed I didn't see a lot of videos and I'm not surprised about that. This is not something that is very profitable, right? No one wants to talk about some guy who has enough money to buy a multifamily home. Oh, he's, and it's, it's amazing. No matter how, like the bucket or whatever you think, like that, if if somebody else, like let's say a poor person was doing this stuff, oh my goodness, you want to see the waterworks. Oh, it's so horrible. You gotta you know what I mean? But because I have a little bit of money, it doesn't matter what I have to go through, what kind not how gross or, or whatever it is, you know what I mean? In fact, I should I should be out on the street, right? It's like so you're you're poor, great, let's help you out, let's help you out, let's we got community, whatever, right? And then you work your way out of poverty. Oh, you're evil now. You know, you got money. You're a part of the elite. Wait a minute. I, I was just poor with you the other day. Like, what, what happened? It's this kind of thing where you're supposed to be eternally poor. And this is like a conservative talking point. Like, you see, this is, this is how we have, like, how the right wing is able to progress because of garbage like this that the left is doing. Right. Because you come as a conservative and you say, you say, oh, the left, they just want you to be poor and blah, 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 blah. You don't come with any solutions, but you use this stuff to demonize the left and to attract people over to your side. Because who wants to be eternally poor? So there's a lot of people you, you, you look at them and, and, and you can talk to them and appeal and say, hey, these guys, they just want poverty and they want handouts. And you're like, wow, that that seems to make sense. And, and then they go and they're like, oh, I'm a conservative now. Right now, I'm going to focus on on all oh, these left people. They're socialists or whatever. Who's coming up with a solution? Right, the right is just about attacking the left, and then the left is just about like following along, like whatever popular narrative. You know, Black Trends. Lives Matter. You know, right? Trent. Trent. It seems like what it is is it's a um, it's like a crabs in a bucket um, scenario where all the poor are right in a bucket. One eventually breaks the barrier and, and finds a way out. But yet, all the other crabs are grabbing them back down and pulling them back down. 
they're saying, come on, go get out. And then as soon as you find a way out, they're all trying to find a way out. As soon as someone finds a way out, they're all saying, no, not you. It should have been me sort of thing. And then trying to pull. That's, that's. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call any names, but I think I mentioned to you as well. So this is how I've actually experienced this in terms of like what I'm saying to you. I had that, that right wing channel posted a video about housing, right? I made a comment about what I'm dealing with. Like I told you, it's all about the narratives, right? Compassion for people who, selective compassion, or people who fit into a narrative. I fit the narrative for conservatives, right? They talk about how dangerous this socialist program, like that's what they call it, socialist program, right? How dangerous it is, right? So the idea of me as a, as a person who put myself up on my bootstraps and, and worked hard and bought a nice house and, and, and now these government programs are, are on my, like so much compassion, like their audience was just like, oh, that's messed up or whatever. Now, mind you, the guy's channel, like <laughs> I'm, I, I definitely have a lot of problems with a lot of stuff that he says on there. I don't think, I don't think I've made, I don't think I've, I mean, I've made like one or two videos like calling him out on something, but I haven't focus on his channel but in general like our politics are completely opposite right but regardless his audience was very very compassionate right and 140 people liked the comment saying that basically they were all saying that they wanted me to be on the channel so here's a guy right you're on youtube and 140 people this is one of the most liked comments on the video right one of the most liked comments in the video is your audience saying bring this guy on we want to hear about his story. No response. I, 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 I DM the channel owner multiple times, no response, right? Now, left wing, same thing. There is someone in the left wing, smaller channel that I've actually had communications with. So we've had dialogue before, we've communicated, right? I mentioned to them what's going on. I even sent them a picture to show, look, this is how I'm living. And I'm like, this would be great content for you right? No response. No response, right? What is, what, is, what, is, what is profitable is for, if I were a poor person who was dealing with this right now, like, oh, uh, my job and they don't pay me enough money and I'm working 15 hours and, and, uh, and now I can't pay the rent, so I have to go move into my van and I'm using a bucket. Oh, oh, when, when are you available? When are you available, right? It's about pulling out all the right heartstrings, pulling out all the right heartstrings at the right time. Because it is, like we said earlier, not well, just before, it's about trends as well. If that's not trendy at this moment in time, this housing crisis or eviction crisis, it's not being said, talked about anywhere. So therefore, it's actually not sexy because it's not being, it's not being put anywhere. So it's not a trend. So no one's actually going to pick it up until this... It, it depends on who it's going to play benefit to, but until something happens within this crisis, <laughs> where it will pay benefit to a to a different group of people or a different tribe, that might trigger it to then become sexy. And then, believe it or not, you'll probably get multiple phone calls saying, "Come on, I'll show." You'll probably get enough phone calls um, where you'll be turning them down. But at this moment in time, no one actually cares about it. It's, so, it's worse than that too, because um, I suspect that these people are aware of like my true, like independence. I know people say they're independent, but then they're still kind of like, but I'm really, like I really, it's not just me saying it. Like I, I, I stand like alone basically, right? I mean, I, I feel 
a kinship with my uh, fellow human beings. I feel a kinship with people from, you know, my country, right? But in terms of politically, right, I do not, like, I would, I would feel ashamed to be associated with the left. I would feel even more ashamed to be associated with the right. In this country, in other countries, I, it, it, I don't know that much about them, but when I see, I feel like I could more fit in. But here, I reject both of them. So, you know, having me on and having me potentially challenge some of the narratives that they talk about, I think is also problematic. Because for example, the, the left-wing channel probably promotes some of these very programs that led me to where I'm at, right? And also they probably promote the narrative of like that I'm evil, not me personally, but landlords are evil, right? So to have a landlord who actually seems like a normal person, you know what I mean? Who's not evil, who's trying to just, just trying to survive, like, why did I buy the house? I didn't tell you that. I bought it because of the limited safety net in this country, because I've been twice in my life thinking about, might I be homeless? I've been twice in my life looking at, how can I pay this rent? How can I pay these bills? I'm, I'm being buried. I'm trying to find a job and I'm not being able to find a job. Money's running out. What's my next step? Because I don't, I have family, but the idea of at my age, for me to go and be a burden like I had that, I had that debate. Like, would you, would you go and be a burden to your family, or would you just rather just like I'm gonna tough it out. I'm just gonna, I'll figure it out. I, you know, I'll get in a homeless shelter. Or like I've, I've been in that situation, and I said to myself, never again. Because of the limited safety net in this country, I felt the need that I needed to get financial independence. So I wanted to start a business to where. I no longer was chained to my job. Like I make a lot of money, but I'm a slave to my industry. If my industry falls apart, I'm worthless, right? Like I, I went from six figure job to greeter at a gym. Like that's, that's how things are in this country, right? With all the skills and background and I can communicate or whatever, I went out there trying to find a job in a bad job market. And I went from six figure to greeter at a gym. So. I am, I can live a nice lifestyle as long as my career is going well, but in a blink of an eye, it can vanish. And there's not much left for me. Like the, the unemployment is too low. Social net is too low. The, 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 the minimum job, like we don't live in a country where, you know, not everybody wants to like, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to ha have nice cars and whatever. Some people just want to be content. They want to be comfortable. Right. So you should, as a person who doesn't have a lot of like aspirations, you should be able to just have a regular job and that pays for your food and your housing, right? You should be comfortable with just a regular, but that's not how it is here. If it's not a professional of a job, you're going to probably struggle to pay rent and to eat, right? So I wanted to escape from that. That's the point of buying the house so that I would work. I love my job, by the way, but I wanted to work because I choose to work not because I've, I need to, right? I wanted to get away from that where it's like, you know, I, 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 I got to do this. I got to do, I got to be in this industry. I got to live in this location, right? It, it, people see the good side, like, and, and, it's, and it is good to, to make money and you can travel if you have time, but you're also sort of trapped, right? So that was the whole point. And ironically, I got the reverse effect because the house has become a massive liability. And now I'm even more chained to my job because 
before I used to live, I always live well under my means. I save a lot of money. I come from poverty. So I am always sensitive to like money things. So I always, I don't want to have a cable, expensive cable. Like a lot of stuff people pay for, I don't. I'll buy used instead of new. Like that's how I've lived. So previously I could go five, six months without any income and it'd be tight, but I'd be okay. Now, if I lose my job, I mean, I'll be done in a month or two, right? Because I, I, I don't have enough as it is. So if there's no income coming in, and unemployment would not even, unemployment would be irrelevant. It would be irrelevant to my mortgage, like unemployment, that's not going to do anything for me, right? So I'm actually more a slave to my uh, career. Uh, I know some people are probably triggered by using that language, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be more tied to it, which is the opposite effect. But that, that was the whole point. I, I wanted this, this is going to be like a retirement thing for me. And also I like, um, I'm really getting into like the, the, the home ownership thing. Like I'm, I'm really loving like setting up new lights and, and figuring out what kind of color I'm going to paint. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to build a garage here and also the business. Like I like, I, I like customer service. Like I like uh, the, the, the challenge of, so let's say I'm running a business and you guys are my customers, like me, me going above and beyond to where you actually verbally tell me like, bro, I'm so happy with the service that you got, you got, you guys do it. Like I, like that is like motivating to me, you know? So same thing with the renting. I wanted to create the most amazing like living experience for my tenants. I have so many plans of what I want to do so that I can attract the best tenants and, and, and retain them. I thought about like movie nights. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like do what everybody else is doing. Like, I'm trying to build something here. Like, I want to do, I want to be a landlord like, like, like no, like no other. Just, just who I, being who I am, right? Um, but <laughs> look, look where, look where I'm at. But um, I guess, I guess, I know we ran on a little bit long, but I guess in conclusion, the, the positive of all of this is. Um, one of the people claims that they that they are moving out. They claim that they found a place. It's been a, a really long time. I don't know what's taking so long with their application or whatever's going on. Because of the life they live, I'm concerned about their application falling through. Something in the background comes up or whatever. I don't know all their business, but I know enough to know that these are people that would definitely have potentially things that pop up. So. Um, but I'm thinking positively if, because if that person leaves, um, I will actually be able to finally be out of crisis. I'm still going to be living, uh, like a squatter just because, um, I, I won't have money to like go, like, well, I'm going to go, go rent another place or something. Um, but I won't be, I won't be going backwards every month. Like right now I'm going every month I'm going backwards. My credit is like, my, my, you know, my, my balances are growing. Um, if I get that person out, I can stop that to where I'm no longer in crisis. I begin to be in recovery. And this really problem guy, I can actually kind of let him fade to the back and let the courts do whatever. Um, it's, it's still risky because roof repair, $40,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Paint job, $12,000. I mean, there's a lot of expenses and any, anything can break at any time. I could have a pipe break and they got to come in with a bulldozer or whatever. So you need to have like a good reserve account. Like I should really have, I think, fifteen dollars to $20,000 reserve account. I've got none. But I got no reserve account. So even getting out of the crisis by getting 
that person in there, because I still have this other guy, I would still be very vulnerable because if a, if a, if a major repair comes up, where's the money going to come from? Right. You need, you need to make enough money to cover the mortgage. Plus you need profit to, to fill a reserve account so you can have for emergencies. That that's, you, that's just business. You cannot running a business and you don't have any sort of backup. Like, like there's a flood and like, Oh, we don't have insurance or whatever. Like, okay, we got to shut down the business. You, you need to have something, you know, there. So that's why you need to have a certain amount of profit. And then that profit needs to be even higher now because of these types of programs. Because now if you know that you can have a tenant for two years and they don't pay, right. That means you really need to get like as much profit as possible because you need a bigger nest egg. Because imagine a tenant doesn't pay rent for two years. So you need to be able to make up that amount of money that they're not paying. That needs to be available to you somewhere in an account somewhere. And the only way to do that is if you make so much profit that you're able to maintain the property and deal with stuff and then still save into an account. You know what I mean? So anyway. So regarding this process that you're going through at the moment, can you see any light at the end of the tunnel? Right? Is it, can you see this, this issue being resolved? Anytime soon or within a year. I, I, I have put this idea in my head that by my birthday this year, which is, wow, closer than I realized. So let's just say June. By June this year that I will be beyond all of this. Um, but there is a possibility that the, the real problem guy might go beyond that because I know he's gonna he's he's gonna like this is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that when he finally when he when he finally leaves, it's definitely gonna be by force. Like even after the court says he has to leave, he's probably gonna still stay. The marshal's gonna have to come and literally drag him out. But before he does that, he's gonna leave me with a surprise. He's gonna put cement in my pipes. He's going to flood something like I already put in my mind that be prepared to spend a lot of money fixing whatever it is. I, I just don't see him walking up. But in terms of positive, like regardless of that, that he's finally gone. <laughs> right. right so so I, I can I can tolerate and deal with like that in the moment, because that means I'm beyond this chapter. Cause this chapter has to end like, cause it's, 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 I'm so vulnerable. Like I said, if I lose my job, like that's, that's a disaster. And if something breaks, if the right thing breaks at the wrong time, I'm in trouble, right? It's, it's a, it's a house, right? The stuff is like thousands of dollars. So like replace, you know, the, the, like the, the, what, what if the water, water uh, heater fails, right? Those things like three, four, five thousand dollars, you know what I mean? And that's not even including the, the cost to have somebody put it in. Mm. Um, and they're constantly like being the used. These, these things inside the home are constantly being used every day. So any day it could literally break. Right. And you and you got a guy who's literally slamming my door. Like that's another thing he's doing now. He literally, every time he's he goes in, you've got increased risk there of something breaking just because of a, a tenant that's in in the property that isn't even. He's caught. He's causing you garbage. problems. Yeah, he's causing you problems so, anyway. Carl, are you in contact with any other landlords that are in a similar situation or scenario uh, to you? 
That's a good question. Um, I, I am not. Um, I, I have a friend who's a landlord, but he, he has not had to deal with these situations, fortunately for him. But he's been a, he's been a great help in terms of like suggestions or, you know, ask questions and stuff like that. Cause I'm new at this, right. So he knows a lot, a lot more. Um, but I'll tell you, I went to a landlord protest and it was such, it was such a representation of again, how broken this country is. It looked to me, you know, you know what they call AstroTurf? That's what it looked like to me. I went to a protest in New York City, the melting pot with people from all over the world, right? Who's at this protest? Who, who are these landlords? All Asian. Why would all the landlords be Asian in New York City? So that right there was a red flag. Like that's, that's indicating some, there's something going on. This is like not organic somehow. Like somehow this is, right? There's something going on here. Like that was my first thing. But then when I saw the four or five Republican politicians who were running for office, one after the other, go up and give their pitches. And I heard them say all this stuff like, oh, this is the Democrats and their policies and, and we got to vote them out, vote them. And I'm just like, wow. The short story is, I'm pretty sure that someone in the Republican Party or connected basically set this thing up as a fake thing. They're going to use it for video for their, their some kind of marketing thing or whatever. Um, and also... Yeah, probably, probably, yeah, exactly. Propaganda, right? And then you, and then you, and then also these people that come there, you get them all riled up, and then they were telling them to go and tell their friends to go vote for them, right? And it was so sad because everything that they were saying, the audience is just sitting there like nodding. And then I felt, so I, I learned something from that because you know, I'm an, I'm I'm a person not normally afraid to speak my mind, but in that moment it was tough for me because I had a whole group of people. So now you know the psychological dynamics, right? A whole group of people all agreeing, like, yes, vote them out. And then these people on stage, you know, with the mic and this and that and the Democrats, whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, these guys, they're not gonna do anything either. Like, I know that they're not gonna do anything. And I realized that they're just taking advantage of the pain of these people, assuming that they're even real landlords. I think they're real landlords, but they're taking advantage of the pain of these landlords. Like, they know that they're struggling and they're desperate. Somebody help me. And then you come in and like, yeah, we're going to help you. And I know they're not going to do anything. They just want to use their pain to get votes. And I did, I did speak up a couple of times, but it was very, it was very difficult to be the odd one out, you know, while they're all nodding their heads. And I'm like, I'm like, but what are you guys going to do? I would like, I would, I would retort and say that, like, what do you, but what do you, what's the actual plan? Like, how are you going to do this? Cause they would just say, they're going to do this. We're going to put a stop. And I'm like, but how? Like, don't just say stuff. Like, tell me what your plan is. Like, so I can know you're serious or whether you're just, like, pandering. But it's interesting. Again, I go to this landlord protest, and it looks like it's completely manufactured, right? And, again, just like how the right wing will jump in and they'll exploit the unseriousness of some American progressives and, like, oh, but look at these programs. They're doing these things, and they don't care about it. Well, the left can do the same thing here, right? They can use it to... to to 
support their demonization of people like me because I'm an evil landlord and say, look, look at these scumbag landlords here, right? And oh, Republicans everywhere, right? Right wing, those right wingers, blah, blah, blah. You see? <laughs> right? So you create the whole thing. It's a fake thing and whatever, whatever. So I don't actually exist. Right? It's all just a bunch of greedy slumlord, you know, whatever. Uh, and that's it. There's no, there's no, like I learned stories about this elderly people who worked hard, you know, regular working class people worked hard their entire life, purchased like a duplex, you know, two family home, and they decide to rent it out, right? They put all their money into this home, have a tenant that's not paying, and puts them in a financial crisis, right? But they don't exist. Right? The focus, the selective compassion is just on see, the, that working class people, they were, they were, they, they meant something up until they got to the point of they bought a duplex. Oh, you have more home than you need, you bastard. Right? Before they bought that house, I'm sure lots of compassion. Oh, these are working class people. They were working in the factory or whatever. And yeah, and solidarity, or whatever. But the minute they go and they buy a duplex and try to rent it out, and they expect to get paid rent, like, how dare they? Now you class them with the 1%, they're part of the evil. The, uh, the problem I've like got with this whole story is if the progressive media are labeling you as a 1% like you're an evil landlord, but we've been on the call now for an hour and a half, and you've come across as a genuine like nice guy, and if you was my landlord, like I'd love you like to be my landlord because you just seem like you're honest, you're genuine, and you'd look after the property, which is what a landlord should do, right? My problem is, is if you're being victimized, you're being put in this situation. All that's going to happen is corporations are going to come in and they're going to become the landlords, which is the last thing I would want. I w- I wouldn't want to be a tenant for a corporate landlord. Right. That, that's, that's who comes in. Like the, the, there are people that are just lurking in the shadows, these corporations, just waiting for me to foreclose so they can come in. Because who else can afford a house right now with 8% mm, exactly. interest or whatever? Mm. Right? So that's who's waiting to come in. So it, it, it's just so like, it's like you're stepping on your own feet, right? Rather than support a regular, like a real person, like, you know, support me and support the tenants. You know, so as a community, you know, we're good. You abandon me so that somebody who really is the way you're presenting me as the real evil, like, because they don't care. Like, BlackRock, they don't care. They'll put everybody on the street, man. You guys go live in the river. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to make profits, right? You think, you think, even, listen, even, even a bad landlord can't compare the kind of damage that these these kinds of companies can do and don't even care about it because the the, the 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 evil landlord he's just one guy you have a, a multi-billion dollar firm that has the ability to like corner an entire market like buy up all the properties and push them all up and i mean wow this is where i think the the argument with right and left, I know both sides have different ideologies and different views on things, but I think both sides need to find a way to be able to work together because it's not right versus left. It's 
us versus them. It's us. It's the ninety nine percent versus the one percent. It's the the community of people versus corporations coming in and just killing the soul of our like countries or city or small town communities that you've got. That is the problem. Yeah, and I think the progressive media are missing. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they're missing or the but I'm not sure. But I feel like them pushing certain agendas makes way for corporations to come in and sort of take more control. Um, you mentioned minimum wage before, and I know it's a, it's a it's a difficult policy to sort of fully argue against. But one thing that worries me about minimum wage is. And I think it's a wider issue in society is if minimum wage is brought in and say you're a small time shopkeeper who needs to pay someone like just a helping hand around the shop, you can no longer afford to pay that person because your minimum wage is say it's doubled. So that person will then go to Walmart who can pay, pay that, that uh, what they're requesting, their minimum wage. And then that shopkeeper has to close his shop and then what? Like, it's just giving more power to corporations who can afford to put in these sort of policies, which worries me. Um, one one, one uh, point that I make about that is that um, I feel that the lack of increasing of, of wages over time, even though inflation keeps going up, right? Um, <clears throat> You set up a situation where you're subsidizing businesses, right? Most businesses fail. Business is, is difficult, right? Not everyone has that forte. But if you allow people to pay dirt wages, you can, in a way, subsidize people who are not good at business, right? To me, a good business should be able to make enough profit to pay your workers a livable wage and cover your expenses and have a little bit of profit for you on the top. That is not easy to do, but business is not easy, right? So a lot of people that are in business should not be in business. Let me give you an, I'll give you an analogy. Imagine if we allowed you to pay $1 an hour, like that was allowed. Do you know how many more people could be successful in business? I guarantee you, if, if, if I didn't have any compassion at all for anyone and they made a law that you could pay $1 an hour, I guarantee you, I would be opening up so many businesses. There's businesses that I want to open up right now. If the salary was that low, I would do it, right? Because I don't, I don't have to be that good at it, right? Because if my costs are so low, I can get 10 people for $10 an hour for 10 people. I mean, think about what I, what I could do with that. So the, the, the onus of me to be, cause what's, what's the thing about a business? Like coming up with a great idea at the right time, the right market, right? And then also your costs, you're spending the right amount of money, not too much, right? So you're, you, how do you build your store, right? You're, you, 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 you made your store just nice enough that it, it serves the purpose. People come in and they feel it's clean and whatever, and, and it's, 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 it's visually appealing, right? But you didn't spend too much that you're cutting into your profits. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a challenge, right? And only people have that certain, certain uh, 
So in my view, yes, a lot of businesses would shut down, but those businesses probably shouldn't have been business in the first place. Because again, if we had $1 an hour, there'd be a lot more businesses because again, you, you wouldn't, it'd be easier to make profit. So, and, and also you got to look at, again, the big picture, what's the end result, right? To me, what would happen is the people who shouldn't be in business to, to begin with, would, would they, they would fail, but the, the customers, they still need stuff, right? So you talk about the big guys, but what about the small guys who are actually like really good at it? So you have a hardware store over there that's only in business because this is one of the reasons is because like they don't pay much money. So, you know, they, they, they can be profitable with low, low overhead. Right. And then you got another hardware store that's actually really crazy. He has all the right tools and whatever he's doing, the, the poor guy, not that poor, you know what I mean? Like the one that's not that good at business, he shuts down when the minimum wage increases. And then his customers goes to the next guy who actually was running a much better operation. Right. Somehow he's doing something like no one else is doing. Like maybe they offer training classes or something or whatever. He comes with some new angle to where his is added value. And then people decide like, we're going to go. So you have a consolidation, the weaker businesses phase out and you go to the, to, to the, obviously we don't know what the future holds, but that's the way that I would, I would look at things. I would also, I'm not going to deny that some, there would be some level of like the big businesses benefiting as well. Like, like you said, Walmart, they can afford to pay the higher, but instead of just thinking about that, can it not be that, that you have basically now you have a bunch of poor business people running businesses subsidized by these low salaries. And then you have good business people as well. Then you have the big corporations, but by increasing minimum wage, do you get rid of the bad businesses? And then the good small businesses, they survive along with the big boxes. So you have the big boxes and you have the better, because think about it, how many businesses, I don't know in your area, but a lot of businesses have like poor ratings, but yet they're still in business. You look at them as like one star, two star, people are like, oh, the service sucks or whatever, but somehow they're able to survive. Like imagine a lot of those guys just disappearing because they can't afford to pay their workers. And then the ones who are actually the five-star ones that people are like, this is great value. And they, they can easily attract those customers. And it's like, do I want to go to Walmart where like no one knows anything and it's just like cheap stuff or whatever? Or do I want to go to this small business where like Harry, the owner, Harry, I know this guy, he lives on my street. He's a cool guy. And all his workers, they, they're like super helpful or whatever. Like, cause he's running a really, like he's really thought about value, value, value because he doesn't have Walmart money. Walmart can take advantage of like monopoly, deep pocket marketing. Harry has no choice but to be like the best, especially if they increase minimum wage. Like he has to, like I gotta, I gotta create like the most value to where people are willing to come here, and you know what I mean. Like so anyway, that, that's just that, that's just the way that I view. Of course, I could be wrong, but that that's what I would imagine would happen. I think I think um, that's a really good way of looking at it, and I've. I never really looked at it that way myself, personally. And I was just thinking, I go to this shop near me. Even though I've got a supermarket like two minutes away, I go to this shop that's, again, about two minutes away. Just because I know the guy, he's a nice guy, I'll have a bit of a chat with him when I'm in there. But I'll pay that little bit extra for the goods and stuff because the shopkeeper's a genuine nice guy. So, But if I go to the supermarket, it's called Tesco in the UK. Um, if I go to the supermarket... 
like, I don't know the people there. To be fair, some of them are quite rude, like the way they talk to you. So, but you know you're paying a low price and you go there, you just get what you need and you're out. But when you go to the normal, you know you're getting a good service and you'll happily pay that little bit extra for the good service. Like I'll tell you right now, um, if, if, if I had some kind of rich dad, <laughs> right, with my experience right now, I might consider like creating, like getting into like a hardware store business because I see there's, there's a big need, right? And I see value that I could create. I don't know a lot of this stuff. I don't have a lot of background. And I work on, I've worked on cars and bikes in my life. I don't know about like painting or any of this. Like I'm learning all this stuff. So I really need the knowledge. And yes, I got YouTube videos and stuff. But when I go to the store, I, I really, really am seeking knowledgeable people. And I have a hard time finding it when I go to Home Depot, when I go to Lowe's. So I would create a home a hardware store that would address that. And I would get all these, because I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of do-it-yourself culture, right? My hardware store would cater to that, right? All my people would be, like, really knowledgeable. You can't work for me unless you really know electrical, you know, whatever. And when people come in and you have a project, like, my guys know you need this gauge wire, you need this, and this is how you do it. And, and go for the full mile. How else can I, I'll keep thinking, like, how else can I add value? Like, what about, like, uh, let's do training. We'll, we'll, on the weekends, we'll have, like, a, a two-hour whatever, and you can come and sit down and learn how to do this and do whatever, and think about that. So now, when you, when, you, when you want to get your stuff, like, I know me as a customer, I'm going to that shop. I'm sorry. I'm not going to Home, home Depot on Lowe's because I need that. I need help. I need someone to tell me I don't want just a place to buy stuff. I need information, and you can, you're not getting it from, from Lowe's. So you could sit there and exist in unison. Some people will go to Home Depot just because they're bigger and they have a bigger selection and they just know of it or whatever. But once my customers know about what I'm doing, right, they're not going to you. They go to you maybe for something that I don't have, but generally they're going to come to me. Like I'm going to, I'm, you know, I greet people by name and again, the work, like I would push that kind of, like these are things that, that, you know, someone really serious about business, like you can do this stuff and, and retain and compete with the, with the big box. So the big box, then they're, they're probably not gonna. They wanna, they wanna minimize costs, right? So they're not trying to like pay the extra salary and and all this kind of extra stuff. They want like what's the minimum we can spend to, you know? So, so I don't know. That's that's just my my uh, my theory on that. Don't steal my don't steal my idea, man. <laughs> we could uh, be the um, the UK brunch. <laughs> do, 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 yeah, exactly. There you go. Do do uh, do it do it yourself hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's like I said, like all these all these bad reviews. I know you have it as well. You have a lot of places they're in business, and you're like, how are they in business? Like people are upset. One star, two star. Oh, these people suck. They they rip you off or whatever it is, or the workers don't know anything. But you still go there anyway. Yeah. No. It, it's a good. Uh, I like the way you've uh, you made me think. <laughs> differently about the whole thing from a completely different perspective and that's why i like these sort of conversations because you've got a completely different perspective than i do but then listening to your perspective has made me think about it all from me sitting here what do i do and right, yeah, right, I think right. the minimum wage in my head i was thinking i don't want these corporations to like get too big and start stealing all the employees from smaller businesses and small businesses gone 
and then all you can, all you've got to go to is a big corporation. But actually, it's just going to get rid of the shit small companies and make small companies better. Right, and then and then if you do it over time as well, which is what what the usually the plans are set up that way, where where it's not instant. I think instant is very problematic. But if you do it over years, because here's what happens. So if you if if I as a business owner, I know that in ten years I need to pay this amount of money, right? If I'm a if I'm a good business person, I'm gonna start restructuring. So how how can I restructure to where I can pay these salaries, right? So that's where you that's where you really clean things up. How can we how can we add value? Like let's let's add a premium services division. Right? Let's like so so now we're gonna create a higher level of service for people that want extra hand holding and they're willing to pay the extra money, right? And then we'll use some of that profit to pay these higher salaries. And also where's waste? Right? We're spending all this money on X, Y, and Z. What's the return? And I mean, like, I, I would, you would tweak things. And over time, you try something. And hopefully, by the 10 years, when the, when the salaries are fully up, by then, you've adjusted. And obviously, you know what happens to the other people, right, who don't adjust. And they just sit there and whine and complain. I'm like, oh, this is not in the government, blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't have any idea, right? They were, they were just riding off of this, like, low, low salary thing. And that, that made it easy for them. Now... Now that you're forced to actually do real business, now they got nothing. They have no creative ideas, no solutions, right? All they can do is like, oh, take advantage of, I, I had this amount of money to buy this thing and, and I got it at the right location or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And I, and I have a customer base and people come, they, they hate me, but they come anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now that I got to pay more money, I got nothing, right? Because that's where you, you need to come up with, like, unlike, I don't know if you're about Elon Musk. <laughs> Unlike Mr. Elon Musk, who seems to more take other people's ideas than, than really coming up with his own, um, you know, you got to be the one to be the innovator, all right? You have to actually be the founder of Tesla, you know, not just the self-proclaimed founder of Tesla. Like you got to be that the actual guy who innovated and came up with his idea, all right? So that's 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 the way I look at it. I think I think also. Um, a general formula should be created if we were functional as a country where you figure out some kind of cost per, cost of living uh, constant, right? And then you do a calculation. So based on the cost of living here, so minimum wage, minimum wage should be like a percentage or something. So it's relative to the area. That's that's the talking point that the right wing likes to talk about. Address it. That's the thing. Is is it's rather than f fixing something, it's just being contrarian and saying how it's going to fail. No, come up with an idea. Yes, different. There's different level. Uh, there's different costs of living in different areas. So come up with a, a a minimum wage that has a formula. So it's a percentage of the of the cost of living constant, right? So there's some kind of number that you calculate that in, in, in Florida, it's this number, in New York, it's that number. And then minimum wage is point this percent of that number, right? Solved, right? This whole thing about, oh, it's 15, but $15 an hour is a lot of money. Okay, <laughs> we get it. So just create a formula and, and, and it's solved.
right? That's not a difficult thing. Like, I'm not some kind of genius. Like, this is stuff that we've done before, right? It's not even like it's a, it's a, it's a new thing. Like, like, like rent. rent. They said rent should not be more than 30% of your income. Right? So that, that, that's doesn't matter whether you're in New York or Florida, right? Obviously, the incomes change, New York versus Florida, but this is a percentage of income. So it, it's irrelevant. Whether you live in a place where average person makes 30000 then obviously the, the rent, 30% of rent is going to be reflectively lower because it's a percentage. Done. Just don't use a dollar amount. You, I don't know. I think, though, with the, with, with the minimum wage side of things, um, there'll be too much backlash from the capital, from the Walmarts, for example. If they have to pay their staff more in New York, for example, or in California or wherever, they're not going to want that. Therefore, that will not happen. So anything, any change that needs that's going to be made has to be beneficial. In, it's, it's shit, but it has to be beneficial for the, for, the, for the elites, for the biggest, for the biggest, the Amazons, the Walmarts, the Apples. Well, I know Apple pay less than minimum wage because they use third world countries anyway. But the, the ones centered in America, it has to be signed off by them for, for for real change to actually happen. And it has to, they're making, they're reaping so much money at the moment. If they won't allow for a change, that's going to drastically decrease their, their, uh, their profit margins. And it does help out the, 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 the lower end, as, as we've said, but the big boys that are in charge, it's going to hurt their profit margins. And they're the ones that are going to be. Um, they're they're the ones that have to sign it off at, in the end. It's not it's not going to be any politician really that signs off. And here's the sad thing is that because of the way our media is in this country, if I'm Walmart and I don't want to pay the extra money because of profits, capitalism, whatever, right? I can come up with whatever lame excuse to why it's a bad idea. And I can guarantee you, conservative media is going to repeat it, right? So I come out there and say, oh, uh, you know, increase the salary, then what's gonna happen is we're gonna have to do layoffs and, and, and you, you guys don't understand how corporations work. You know, when, as a corporation, what we do, we have this thing called uh, the balance sheet and this and that, and, and then what's gonna happen is such a, and whatever, just come up with whatever story. I can always guarantee you, if you say it smooth enough and with enough big words, all of right-wing media, whenever progressive media says that, you know, you, we need to increase minimum wage, you're going to listen to a Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder. They're going to use the same language the corporations that are going to say, but wait a minute. You, you see, you liberals, you don't understand how business works. You see, businesses, they have a thing called a balance sheet. And it, <laughs> where did you get this idea from? Are you are you literally repeating what the CEO said? Like you did you challenge what he said? Did you look into what he said, or did you just like accept it and like now you're just gonna like who are you really working for? Are you working for the people? Or are you working for these corporations? Like what's <laughs> it's it, it just see it, it's so weird. And, and in the future, we got to talk about like the difference between conservatives in America versus in, in your country because here, from what I see. It's like they only exist, the conservative media, they only exist to, to, to basically push out whatever the Republican Party wants. Like, that's their only purpose. They are there to serve the Republican Party and the corporations. 
And I say this based on, I have not really seen anything coming from conservative media that did not serve the purpose of the Republican Party. So for example, if I were a Republican politician, I would love our media, right? If I were a Republican politician, I would love all of conservative media. In contrast, if I were a Democrat, there'll be a side of the media, a pretty good size that I am, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you guys. I want to pretend like you don't exist. And if your numbers get too big, I might get a little nervous. And I might push for some regulation to where like, oh, disinformation, whatever we got, you know what I mean? Like, I might support things that I know at the end of the day will keep your numbers lower because the stuff you're saying is kind of like challenging what I'm about. But I don't see that from the Republican Party. Like whatever, whatever they want that their voters to focus on is what their media promotes. And that's it. Meanwhile, I don't agree with a lot of stuff that TYT, you know, Young Turks has to say. But so many times, look at they did a video about Biden's uh, state, of union, state of Union speech. And they were like, he lied about this. He lied about that. Oh, but this thing he said, that's actually true. Right? Biden doesn't want somebody telling to millions of people that he's lying. Right? But this is what you get from the largest progressive media channel. Now, I can't say that in contrast. Like, what has Ben Shapiro or Stephen Crowder said lately that me as a Republican politician be like, oh, oh that Ben Shapiro, damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. Whatever they are putting out there, he's helping them push it out. And every once in a while, he does like a, what I call honorable mention, where he, um, he'll sort of go against the grain. Like one time he did a video against Trump, you know, but overall, you know, that's what, that's what they're doing. I don't know what, what, what's happening in your country in terms of conservative media versus uh, progressive media. So in the UK, it's a bit... I feel like politics is a bit strange here. It's not as uh, black and white as America. Um, so <laughs> we've got a conservative party in power at the moment who they behave very similar to... I, feel, I don't want to say a Democrat party because I don't 100% understand all the Democrat party's policies, but... The way they move, the way the narratives they put out, all some of them sound very similar to what is going on in America as well. Um, for example, like all the carbon, um, like the climate change narratives, all the policies and stuff they're putting in place are similar to what the Democrats would put in place in America, right? Whereas a if the Republicans came in, like when Trump came in, he was against these climate change um, policies. But Trump is, uh, the Republicans are considered the conservatives in America. But this is our conservative party doing what Democrats do in America. Um, so it's very, uh, it's a little bit more confusing over here, whereas I don't really see a right and a left as such. I see the conservatives moving more left and the left moving further like into the more like socialism with uh, Jeremy Corbyn. Just left um, and lefter. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and still, the conservatives still are 
<clears throat> for big business and so the conservatives the party usually they're all from um, a school a private school uh, called eton i don't know if you've heard of it so a lot of like the high politicians in the conservative party all went to this same private school called eton and um they're all friends and they've made friends with other people who've gone into high positions in companies and uh like investment banks and all that so they just do all do business together like for example when um covid happened we had you know the ppe so the masks and stuff for hospitals um the contract there were contracts out there that were cheaper lower cost same quality but the contracts went to one of uh i think was it rishi sunak's friend yeah <laughs> yeah so it went to one of his friends and Which was probably... ridiculously more expensive than what they, what they were going to get. Yeah, so just the way it is, it's just, there's just so much corruption at a high level. I just, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-establishment, like, anti-corporate. I just don't like getting too involved in what they're up to because at the end of the day, I just think they're doing it to for their own personal interests, not for the interests of the wider society. Um, so when it comes to media, like we, we don't really have a massive YouTube scene. Um, so not really, uh, we've got uh, trigonometry. Um, Russell Brand, yeah. have you heard of Russell, Russell Brand? Brand? Oh, Russell Brand, oh my goodness, oh yeah, oh boy. We got to talk about him another time. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. This was actually a, a great conversation. Um, and you're the first that were actually, you guys are the first ones willing to actually have this conversation. But no one else, I've been, I've been, I've been reaching out. No one else wants to touch it. Well, we, we, we're going to publish this. We hope it helps get you some, some traction. I know we're not, we're not the, the biggest channel at the moment, but uh, we are passionate and we are going to be growing. So, um, we hope it helps you and we'll be we, we definitely want to get you on we'll, we'll say how about we get you on after june um because you've set your deadline for your birthday. Ah, right 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 <laughs> and, right right um, we want to check in that's, and see that how, should be interesting see how yeah you.